Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Folks, welcome to the latest episode of the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, this is one of those shows that we do every now and again where we bring a surprise guest into our studio and we have a chat. And basically just shoot the breeze and we touch on health and lots of other things that you can learn from as well. On this week's show, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined and honoured because she drove all the way up from Clare just to chat to us and she's driving all the way home afterwards uh, just to chat to us here in the podcast. So I'm especially delighted to be joined by Avian Gary, former Fair City actress, former Dancing with the Stars finalist, entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum of one. Avian Gary, welcome to the Real Health Podcast. Oh, I'm delighted to be here, Carl. Thanks for having me. How's it going? That's some introduction. That's like four lines of intro. Thank you Good so job. much. Thank you. Now, a lot of them were former <laughs> in my past life. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it's great. Things are great. Uh, I, I can't complain. I feel good. And uh, yeah, thrilled to be here. And I'm a huge fan of the podcast. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you. I'm going to start with acting as a career. I wanted to know how you got into it. Okay. Um, was that always what you really, really wanted to do? And, and we'll, we'll take it from there. So let's chat, chat about the acting. How did, you, how did you get into that? Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it, acting? And uh, I was always warned about it. <laughs> and people said, are you mad? And when people ask me about it now, you know, younger, because I do have students. I have a drama school in, in Clare. And, you know, I have uh, students who are very much bitten by the bug. And it is a bug, I think. And when they ask me, you know, should I, should I go into this? Should I consider it as a, a career move? I always say, you know, do it if you can't live without it. But if you think you can, try and avoid or, or have <laughs> other strings or other, you know, other irons in the fire. Um, yeah, for me, it was it was always something that I loved. I was kind of involved in lots of extracurricular activities in school and uh, and loved them all. I was a bit of a jack of all trades, master of none. I think I'm still a bit that way. I love projects. I love getting involved in, you know, as many different things as I can. Um, but acting was something that I really loved. And and. Uh, yeah, and when it came to kind of deciding what I wanted to do in college, there was this course that just really, really appealed to me. It was the Bachelor in Acting Studies in Trinity, um, and I auditioned for it. And it was a long kind of rigorous audition process at the time. There were a very limited number of places. Um, there were 12 in my course. And yeah, it was kind of one of those really sought after courses in, in Ireland for actor training. And and I got my place and I, I got it before I even sat my leaving cert. Uh, so I thought, you know, what's the point? What's the point in even sitting this? Uh, but I, I went on and I did uh, I did the leaving cert and then I went on to do to do acting in Trinity and loved it and totally immersed myself in it for uh, for that period of my life. And after, you know, I, I stayed at it then for kind of 10 years after that. And, you know, I did I, I was I was threading the boards and the gate and I was traveling and, um, you know, I was going on tour with different theater roles and, and loved it. Uh, got the role in Fair City and had other, you know, uh, smaller roles in, in the likes of Love, Hate and Matty and um, The Fall and. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it brought me so much joy when I was doing it. It was the other stuff. It was the networking aspect of, of, of the career. It was the, um, you know, waiting for the phone to ring, having 
you know, my fate in someone else's hands. Um, you know, when I see my parents and they're, I come from a family of, of entrepreneurs and, 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 and business people and seeing my husband now, John, you know, you, you, you reap what you sow. And, uh, you know, in terms of, of work, when they work hard, they see the benefit of that. And I wasn't seeing that, you know, I was, I was putting everything, my life and soul and everything I had into this career choice. And I wasn't necessarily getting the same back in return. You know, I was I was not getting the roles that I was, you know, auditioning for. I was too big. I was too small. I was too fat. I was too thin. I was too, you know, Irish. I was too brunette, whatever it was. And and that really jarred, I guess, waiting for the phone to ring or being between jobs and having to justify my existence uh, just really didn't sit well with me as someone who just loves to be busy. And uh, how do you handle the rejection of that? Then? Yeah, it, 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 it never gets easy. I mean, some roles you just know you're not right for and you, you can see why you weren't, you know, number one. But I think, you know, when you really invest in something and you think, OK, this would be the dream. This is, you know, this is what I really, really want. And to get that that no. Uh, yeah. You know, I struggled with it and, and trying to pick yourself up and dust yourself off uh, time and time again. It, it can really chip away at the confidence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was always kind of an outgoing, confident person, but it, it definitely took its toll on my mental health. And I had to be honest with myself and, and put, you know, my own happiness first. And that took a while. And I guess it took a bit of maturing, maybe, and, and uh, some home truths to kind of say, right, Avian, you need to kind of um, mind yourself. And it can, it can have serious uh, implications on people's mental health. And some people, it, it, they, they ignore that for a long time until... They get a wake up call and uh, and then they have to do something about it. But I, I think I've probably got a handle on it early enough to, to do something. What was the wake up call moment then, if I can ask? The, the light bulb moment. Or was, was there one? Sometimes there is Yeah, isn't. well, I, I fell in love with a man in the West of Ireland. <laughs> and, you know, for a while I thought this is complete and utter career suicide. I'm I'm heading West when I should be, you know, I should be hanging around Temple Bar networking <laughs> and trying to, to, to get myself on that casting couch. Um but I knew that every time I was on that nice road and I was heading for the West, I felt a weight off. I felt um, I just felt an ease. And yeah, I was happier. I was happier in the outdoors. I was happier by the sea. That was therapy for me. Um, the slower pace. My family are, are from Clare. My mum and dad are from Clare. So we spent a lot of time growing up in the country. Um, you know, summers were spent in the west of Ireland, in the Aran Islands and, you know, on my granddad's farm. Um, and, and just that time in the outdoors was was my happy place. And I suppose it brought me back to that and uh, and away from the, the stress of, of trying to kind of figure out this career path that I had chosen. And so, yeah, eventually I just said, right, if this is making me happier, I need to just kind of I need to buy into it and invest in it and make it work for me. And it has now, you know, and I've I've uh, really found my niche and 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 I love I love where I am. I love living there. It's really become home. I've now started a family there and, and have started, you know, a, a number of businesses there. So it, I guess when yeah, when you kind of you free yourself. Um, from from those shackles, I think mm-hmm. that that can be the most freeing thing. And we tend to to put ourselves in boxes a lot of the time. Um, you know, I'm X. I've committed to X, and I can't be Y. But actually, I think you know when people think outside the box a little bit, um, it can be yeah, it can be liberating. That brings us nicely <laughs> and flowingly to Dancing with the Stars. Okay, <laughs> getting outside, thinking outside of the box, doing something that presumably. 
I we we watch myself. My wife watches it every year, and yeah. I look at that thinking that must be the most terrifying thing ever to go in front of the nation and dance live, and all of that. Was it scary? Is Cut it to scary? the next season and we see Carl as uh, no, number uh, no, one no, no, contestant. No. Anyone who's seen me at a wedding uh, will, ve- will vehemently realise or know that I can't dance. I have two left feet and only dr- only dance at a wedding when I've got several uh, glasses of wine inside me. Um, how scary is it? How 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 mad is the whole experience for a circus? You were on it for a very long time. You got right up towards to, the end. To the, to the fl- I was robbed, Carl. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, I was the first season and actually uh, people often ask me about this and the dancing aspect of it I loved and okay. the performance aspect of it I loved and actually it didn't terrify me and it goes back to what I was saying about acting. I loved the doing of it. It was all the other stuff. So yes, okay, it was a re- reality TV show and that idea of, you know, the behind the scenes and the interviews and pitching one of us against the other and that element of competition Um that 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 used to freak me out, and I used to lose sleep over that aspect of it because I'm actually quite a shy person. It's when you put on the mask and the costume and the glitz and the glam that you know you 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 can you can express yourself, and mm-hmm. that's what the the dancers did for me. I just loved uh, getting into character and the different genres every week, and um, yeah, I had a great teacher as well, so I really enjoyed that aspect of it, the competition, and also the the, the um, you know trying to campaign for votes and all of that. That was every week you're up for a public vote. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So there's all that, you know, the the agendas in the background <laughs> that are quite stressful. <laughs> but the other stuff, you know, the dancing was just, it was, oh, it was so enjoyable. And what a production. They really, like, they throw everything at it. And uh, it was a joy to be part of it. Okay. And then uh, let's chat health then. How do you mind yourself? Because you are phenomenally busy. I think even listening into it to, to you so far, and we haven't met before. Yeah. Uh, you're driven, you're focused, you're determined. You have all that kind of entrepreneurial um, traits presumably burnout comes along with that somewhere along the line yeah. especially now as a as you know you mum to one with the second one on the way yeah how does your health look how do you how do you mind it what do you do what's your what's your thing yeah I I, I mean it's been kind of an evolutionary process for me um, and I suppose w- with with Bio which is my health and wellness brand now um, I've learned a lot over the past two years uh, that I probably didn't know when I started out but why did we start to begin with um, I saw too many women in particular and Irish women that I love and uh, my mom my mother-in-law my sisters my sisters-in-law my friends burning the candle at both ends and uh Women in particular, I think, tend to play the martyr a lot of the time. And we wear busy as a badge of honour. And uh, there's almost a, com- a competition to be you know, busier than the next person. Um, and it's only when you get a wake up call, you know, in terms of your mental or your physical health, that you begin to sit up and take notice. And often it can be too late. And we've had guests on our, our couch at Bio who have said, you know, it only took a real shake up like, you know, something as serious as a, as a as an illness and a serious illness uh, to get me to actually tap into this idea of self-care. And of course, self-care has become somewhat of a buzzword now and, and it's very much on trend. Um, And it can mean lots of different things for different people, whether that's self-fulfillment or self-restoration or self-preservation, whatever it means to you. I think ultimately the act of looking after yourself is 
the most important thing that you can and should do. And it took me well into my 20s. I'm 32 now. Uh, it took me, you know, my late 20s to really realise that. Um, for me now, living in the west of Ireland, it's it's the sea, as I said. You know, I, I go for a, swiss, a sea swim most weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I did right up until I had... the. The night before I had Honora, I was I was swimming in the sea. I no think, way. yeah, yeah, it's that feeling of weightlessness for me, you know. And you leave all your troubles on the shore, and it's just, it's yeah, total therapy. Or time in the hills with John, my husband. Of course, he's he's big into it. He um he summited Everest back in in 2017. So he's, I mean, that's his thing, and I couldn't understand it in the beginning and now I do um, and he hasn't stopped I thought Everest might be the end but no he's still climbing he's just back from Mont Blanc um, but I, I understand it now I, and I really enjoy time in the hills with him I probably wouldn't go to the same heights that he has ventured to but I think you know just that time out in the outdoors and surrounded by nature back to basics uh, the gym doesn't cut it for me but that does that yeah. really does if ever anyone was trying to sell a relocation to the west of Ireland, I think you're, pretty, <laughs> you're selling it better, better than anyone ever could. Um, just chatting about Everest there. You went to Everest Base Camp, didn't you? I did. I did. Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing place. It's a hostile environment and uh, leaving John there and I was trekking back and leaving him there for two months, um, hoping that all would go OK. That was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And you can hear the avalanches. I, st I spent a night there and then we said our goodbyes. Um, and, you know, you can hear the avalanches throughout the night and you're wondering, what are we doing here? It feels like being on the moon, to be honest. Um, and yeah, and and. I mean, it's a beautiful place. The Himalayas are incredible. The people are just so warm and welcoming and it's 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 uh, amazing, but it's tough. The trek was tough, actually, and I suffered with altitude sickness. I went twice. The first time I, I, I got very sick. Second time, I think I was probably more prepared for it. Uh, I was very fit after Dancing with the Stars. There was only a week between uh, the, the final of Dancing with the Stars and then we headed out. And so it was a mad time because John was preparing for this for 10 years and I had just come out of the madness of Dance with the Stars. And then all of a sudden my husband was off to do the, you know, the biggest thing he's ever done. Uh, so it was a mad time, but all all was fine. And he came How back. How does that conversation go as a as, as, a, as, a, as a unit, <laughs> as a relationship? Uh, <laughs> this is love. I want to climb Everest. Possibly the most dangerous thing any person can ever do in the world or it's up there with them. It's in the top, whatever. Yeah, well, I knew, I mean, when we, I think our first date was postponed because he was, he was going. On a, on, a, on a climbing trip so um, I knew it was always something I would have to contend with it was part of who he was uh, but as I said it took a while to kind of really come to terms with it I think it was our honeymoon that he broke it to me that he was going to he was going to go for it this year I knew it was always in the background and he had been you know, chipping away at, at these big mountains and he had been kind of building up his altitude and he had been building up his training but eventually he said right this is going to be the year it was our honeymoon so I, I mean there was no turning back I had tied the knot at that point <laughs> <laughs> I had said I do and that was it so uh, I just had to buy into it and and, uh, and I'm so glad I did because you know he he had the most amazing experience and, and uh, still still tells the tale you know but dealing with that at home must have been horrific it was mad uh, he's yeah. two months up there uh, a long way from home and I suppose from your own perspective handling that must have been quite hard yeah it, it's the lack of communication and I remember at the time uh, we we trekked in and we had met Yuli Steck who was known as the uh, the Swiss machine they call him or called him and uh you know, that the, the, the expeditioners who John was climbing with, they were all kind of starstruck when they when they saw Uli Steck. Uh, 
and and wanted pictures with him because you know he was if you're into tennis he was the the Federer or the Nadal or whatever mm-hmm. he was this you know mountaineering god and uh, I remember coming back home and you're waiting for news and I hadn't been in contact with John for a week because there was no uh, you know there was no communication on the mountain and uh, reading a headline I woke up one morning and just seeing the headline that Udistek had passed away and I remember just that was probably my lowest point because I hadn't been in contact with John I was thinking here's a guy who, you know, has done it all before and, you know, was obviously, you know, an expert at, at, at this mountaineering crack. And, uh, you know, he's no longer. And I remember thinking, well, you know, where, what do you do? Where do you turn? I went to the, the poor Claire's um, and, and went in to visit Sister Bernadine, who um, is uh, a lovely sister in, in the convent in Ennis. And uh, you turn to your faith. And I'm not particularly religious, but I remember thinking, I don't actually know what else to do. You know, you kind of go into orbit. Um, and she was exactly who I needed to speak to at that time. It turned out her nephew had actually cl- climbed Mount Everest a, a few years previously. And she was completely rational about the whole thing. And she said, you know, John won't be foolhardy. He's not trying anything out of the ordinary. He has oxygen and he's this and that. And uh, and she just calmed me down. Um, yeah, but I mean, as I said, I'm not particularly, I, I'm spiritual, but I, I wouldn't go to mass every Sunday. But uh, that was just what I needed at that particular time, you know. But anyway, apart from that, uh, that John was, was, he had prepared for it and I knew he had. I knew unless anything went horrifically wrong. I had met the Sherpas and I had trekked in with them and I'd kind of looked them in the eye and, you know, and I'd spoken to them and it was coming from the horse's mouth that John would be okay. And so you just try and trust, you know, the, the, the guys who have done it. And uh, yeah, and then you leave it in the hands of, of the gods, don't you? Of course. <laughs> Folks, you are listening to the latest episode of the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. It's one of my favorite episodes is our guest uh, episodes where we bring in some random guests just to shoot the breeze and chat. And there's no major roadmap or plan for the, for, for the session. And it's been fascinating so far. It's been lovely getting to know you. Um, let's chat about pressure then. I'm fascinated by people who have uh, very big social brands and social followings, how they handle the pressure of that. Um, I'm just, I'm intrigued by it. So if a negative comment comes in, how do you deal with that so that it doesn't, it doesn't fester and it doesn't become something bigger or just, yeah, because the tips and because social media has such a prevalent impact on people's days in terms of their health, in terms of their mental health. I'm intrigued by people who've got big accounts, how they handle it. What's, what are your... Yeah, I, Methods. Su- I suppose, um, you know, I didn't grow up with social media. I feel very blessed not to have, uh, you know, it was something that, that came to me later in life. I think my, my first social media account was set up for me. I'd know I was going in blind. I had no idea, uh, you know, what I was letting myself in for. And, you know, not to have had that pressure in school and college even, um, gave me that time, I guess, to figure out who the hell I was. Uh, that's what really worries me, that, you know, they have access so young now and, and it's a whole grey area. We could talk about this all day. Yeah. Um, and when you start a family, no more than yourself, Carl, you know, I, I think it's a real worry and it's a real concern for parents. Um, you know, what is the roadmap when it comes to, to social media? But, um, yeah, I guess I, I developed that thick skin and, and through acting as well. And, and that, you know, that idea of picking yourself up, dusting yourself off, dealing with rejection. You know, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea all the time. So I feel like I had that um, those coping mechanisms in place uh, to begin with. Um, social media, I mean, it can get under your skin. Of course it can. 
I generally tend to take the good with the bad in, in very equal measure. Um, you know, when people tell me I look great, uh, you know, that's nice. Of course it is. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not said and led by that. And I think when people, you know, have something negative to say, again, I, I try and take it with a pinch of salt. At times it, it does have an impact. And I remember being pregnant and, you know, the mom shaming that comes with that. And that was something that caught me off guard. That was something I was quite shocked by because you all of a sudden, when you, you know you announce that you're expecting, you become almost public property. It's it, uh, and more so than anything else I had done in the past. You know, when it comes to relationships, or it comes to career, or it comes to uh, you know, home life, whatever. But when it comes to kids, people are very opinionated, and that's totally fine. I found you know there was a real informative community online when it came to parenting, and I learned a lot. Um, and there's a supportive community there too. But there is also the, 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 the mom shaming or the mom guilt uh, and all of that. So I, I remember reacting. It was probably hormones at the time. I climbed Karen Tool seven months pregnant with John, who, as I said, seven months pregnant. It was a calm day. We had done it several times before. Uh, the, the weather was you know sunny. Uh, we took our time. It took me, you know, four times the length of time that it would usually take. It was just a day out for us. Um, you know, the nights out weren't happening. So the days out we decided to, to really enjoy. And uh, yeah, and I think I posted a picture on the top with John and there was a bit of backlash, you know, from 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 a couple of people saying that it was irresponsible and um, that we were putting the, the health services at risk and, and all of that. And I took particular offence to it because a lot of my, my family would be volunteers with the Coast and Cliff Rescue in the West. And, and uh, you know, I would very much be tuned into to you know all of that and and making sure that we don't do anything foolhardy or, or irresponsible john is very in, in touch with safety on the mountains and making sure that you've all the proper gear and uh you know that you have your guide and all the rest so um i i probably reacted and usually i wouldn't i throw it over the shoulder um but yeah that that's one that kind of, and then obviously it, it hit the headlines or whatever that i was you know that i was reacting on social media to comments and blah 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 but uh, generally i've actually been quite lucky in that you know i don't get too much of it but it can there's all of these toxic sites as well online now where um they try and um I guess they would try and bring people down and, and, and mm -hmm. they do it in in such a way that they're sharing information that's not necessarily accurate. And, and uh, it's an open forum now. People can say what they like, can't they? And, and you're very much you're, you're accessible to people. Um, you know, they have access to you uh, almost, you know, immediately. And so it's 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 hard to block out that noise. But I think you you need to protect yourself. You need to kind of have those coping mechanisms in place. And I have a great support network in, in my family. And uh, if anything does come to the fore, we would we would bounce things off. What do you think we should do about that? I think, you know, silence is often the best policy. Just ignore, you know, and, and uh, it's great to have. I guess sisters also in the industry that understand it, you know, they're in an alva would be would be my um yeah, my, my support network. The WhatsApp group is is uh is almost our full time counselling service. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great to have that, you know. Um health in pregnancy then. Yeah. So you're obviously incredibly healthy with your with your first child. To be able to even even to be able to do that is a phenomenal achievement of health, which is fantastic. Have you found um challenges when being in terms of staying healthy when being pregnant um 
I think, you know, uh, the rule of thumb is that you shouldn't do anything that you wouldn't have done, you know, before you were. Um, you'd know more about this, Carl, than I would. But I think, you know, you listen to doctor's orders. And if you if they say, you know, you're, you're, you're able to keep going with whatever you had been doing before, you keep going. I guess you know your own body. You need to listen to, uh, to your body because it'll generally tell you how you're feeling. I wasn't able for anything in the first trimester. I was very, very sick and, and I could barely get out of the bed. And that really caught me off guard um, because I thought, I can't tell anyone. This is a very lonely period of time where, you know, you can't tell anyone you're pregnant and you also can't, you know, you can't function properly. So you're just feeling really low and uh, you're also trying to to deal with the fact that this life altering thing is after happening to you and you lose a sense of yourself and your identity is all up in a heap. So it is a strange period, that first trimester that we often don't really speak about. But after that, then I started to feel like myself again. Um, but yeah, I think it's it, it, it's just about knowing, you know, what what you're capable of and, and what uh, what your body is telling you. Um, but there are great I mean, listen to your doctor and there are great supports out there and there's great information out there. And I, I was recently looking at, at Catherine Thomas's um, uh, fantastic platform that she's after launching for, for uh, fitness during pregnancy. And it's great to see that. And I think, you know, pregnant, not powerless is is a great message that, you know, um, women are. I just I'm since I guess since having a baby, I've realized how amazing women really are. Uh, definitely think we're the superiors. <laughs> I know, I'm <laughs> I, I actually I, I agree with you by the way I'm all in agreement for, for that um what does the what does the future hold then so you you strike me as somebody who has plans lots of them for world domination oh in God. some way shape or form oh God how does that how does that look in terms of what's on your what's on your goal list or what's on your uh, so I I mentioned, I mentioned bio um which is 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 uh, the health and wellness brand mm-hmm. that has probably brought me more joy than any role I've ever played or any uh, review I've ever received from any you know theatre credit. I suppose it's the feedback from from women that we've been getting. We set out in a mission, as I said, to, to to spread a message of self care and love and compassion to the women of Ireland. We've since welcomed over fifteen thousand women um, after you know beginning two years ago, and we're we feel like we're just getting started so for me it's 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 hearing from people who say it came in a time in their life when they really needed it you know they were stuck in a rush uh they were in a relationship maybe that that they they weren't brave enough to take uh, that leap out of or you know a job that just wasn't serving them anymore and that that keeps me going that's uh yeah it, it as i said it's brought me so much joy and um yeah, so the plan for Bio is is to keep going and to keep spreading that message, and uh, we're we're hoping to launch uh, a product range in the next few weeks, um, uh, a sleep range, which is very exciting. And uh, sleep is such a big part of our self care, and it tends to be overlooked. And uh, no more than yourself, Carl. I think you know what it's, it's like. We could both do it more of it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and what happens when you're deprived of it? But uh, yeah, so so we've also just announced a Bio Baby event, which is very exciting. It seems like a natural progression for for Bio and and for women. Um, and yeah, and and the sky's the limit, I guess. You the future know? is bright, and of course you're you're working with some with different companies as well. One of which is Avonmore, yeah, uh, which is one of the reasons you're in in the chat. So tell us a, bit, a little bit about the campaign. Yeah, and back to what I was saying earlier about you know that that childhood, that happy time in my life, you know that that time in the outdoors and on the farm and in the west. Um, Avonmore have uh, released some crazy statistics, but 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 accurate. Obviously, I was quite staggered by them that. Only one in five Irish people have been on a farm 
And, uh, you know, when it's such a massive part of our heritage, our culture, uh, I was shocked to hear that. But not not surprised in the sense that young people, I guess, when it comes to food and where food comes from, we almost take it for granted um, that that. You know, that idea that milk just comes from a carton and it's just in the fridge. But where where does that story begin? Um, so this idea of farmfulness and bringing, you know, that, that, that lovely time in the outdoors, that lovely time spent on the farm, surrounded by nature, animals, the sounds um, into the home on a, on a regular basis, because we all live busy, busy lives. And, you know, mornings in particular can be hectic. But having that moment of uh, mindfulness or presence, um, and it's very accessible. It's a new campaign on, on the Avonmore Carton. There's a QR code there, so it brings you straight to that just moment where, you know, we all have apps. We have Headspace and we have, you know, these mindfulness apps that we're, we're buying into because we need it. Uh, we need that moment of presence in our day. Uh, Avonmore are bringing it to their, their milk cartons. It's a lovely campaign, a lovely idea. And uh, the, whole, the whole message is farmfulness and, and bringing that dawn chorus or that rainy morning uh, into your day. And um, yeah, I'm thrilled to be part of, of the campaign. Fantastic. Abe and Gary, thank you so much for joining us on the Real Health Podcast. It's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit more and you having too, the chats. Kyle. Folks, as ever, you are listening to the Real Health Podcast in association with Lay Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Don't forget to rate and review if you enjoyed the episode and share it as well. Uh, we are heading towards a 2 million listener mark. So thank you so much for every single listen that we get. We, we're goal driven here as per usual. So we're, we're going to hit that hopefully by December or just before Christmas with a little bit of luck. As always, you know where we are. We're at Carl Henry PT on Twitter and on Instagram and realhealth at independent.ie Have a wonderful week. I really hope you enjoyed today's interview and as ever, we shall see you next week with the next episode. Slong the foe. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.